0: Viewing life from a hearse, it could be worse. Laugh, think, and cry with the country undertaker.
1: So this is part two of uh, talking about Luke Goddard and his social media craziness. I have him on the line today. I want you to know I've been getting a lot of great feedback from people uh, all over the United States with this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. I plan to keep producing if you guys keep listening. Uh, As you might imagine, when you hang around funeral homes your entire life, the difficult stuff is much more prevalent than the funny stuff. And I I think we look for the funny or we'd go crazy. Uh, But on the next episode, I have my friend Rena Bowden and she'll be joining us. Rena lost her five-year-old child to cancer over 23 years ago, which is the worst possible thing that could ever happen to a parent. Uh, It's also not easy on the funeral director, i tell you that. So we're going to tell you that story, and uh, you don't want to miss it. But in the meantime, uh, let's look back.
2: And it's called the Cherry Blossom Festival.
3: Blossom. B-L-O-S-S-O-M. Blossom. Cherry
2: Bosom festival no. Blossom. bosom.
3: Oh, blah. And I hit, I stepped on this, this. I was in the pantry cleaning. And a little rat came out. And I stepped on it. And it's just sitting here wiggling. And I think it's about to die. And I don't know what to do about it. I'm so sorry. But I don't know what to do. What I would try to do is just maybe put it in a, a, a quiet place. A quiet place. What
0: do you recommend? Okay, then chicken biscuit. I don't want that. Rebecca egg and cheese biscuit.
2: I don't want that. Okay, a sausage egg and cheese. Ooh, cheese I biscuit. don't want that. Got a cooler,
1: huh? Yeah. I've been
2: like on the road all week. Just oh out. man, under of those weeks. One hotel
1: here,
2: Oof, hotel there, I so, can relate to that, man. So. Did they say it because they have it with the cooler saw they put it, like all the Coleman in? What's where it's that? like Coleman or something, where it's like Santa Claus. you put those on where it's like a cooler, with the cold, where it's like <laughs> ice usually. What's that? For the cooler, on. it's like usually you oh. in the king. It's usually if you do like three nights on. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if they always do it where it's like regulated. You know what I mean? Like they oh, put like yeah. three nights on in the king, so they always put that in. Nah. Oh, yeah. Have a good night, man.
3: Hi, I'm Bernie Sanders, and I'm going to tell you why I've defied all expectations. Uh, If there's any indication uh, that America is not the greatest country in the world. We're going to make America great again. That I can tell you. We're going to win at trade. We're going to win at the border. We're going to build a wall so great. Y'all, sometimes you just gotta dance this off. Just dance the news off. Every time I turn the radio, I hear somebody done shoot up something to blow up something else. I just wanna listen to some Teddy Pendergrass, Al Green. This world is going to hell. How you doing, Booger Bear? Who are you? My name's Luke. You don't remember me? You used to cut my hair. Honey,
0: I never
3: cut hair. Yes, you did, Booger Bear.
0: I don't cut hair.
3: You cut mine.
0: Not me. I pr-
3: I- I, I am you Remember you told me to call you Booger Bear every time I saw you. Uh,
0: honey, I am not a beautician. What do you do? I just promise I, you cut I my hair. I am retired. I've never. But before you I retired, go... you cut my hair. Honey, I've never, never in my life. I've been in the legal profession all my life. You just know somebody looks like me. Oh
3: my gosh, you could be her twin. <laughs>
0: Funk master flex, love, starski
3: ski. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Cover crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. Uh. And if you know no, no Sir, I'm going to have to turn the lights out in here,
2: okay? Yes. Excuse me, we're going to save on power, so I'm about to turn the lights out. Do you have a flashlight in there? Yes. Do you need any extra tissue?
3: I really it. Okay. You got an upset stomach? No. Okay. Just want to make sure you're
1: okay. So I used to be known as Bruce Goddard. Now I'm known as Luke Goddard's dad. And I have Luke on the line. What's up, Luke? Hey, Daddy. So, Luke, it looks like we had a lot of people listening in to all your crazy antics uh, on the previous episode. And I know people want to know more about you and how in the world you started doing all this stuff and and uh, on social media and became funny and mimicking people. I got real memories of you uh, in the early nineties as a six-year-old kid mimicking Atlanta Braves batters.
2: Yeah, I I don't. I think that's where it really all started for me. Being able to impersonate people is, I, I, you know, growing up in our house, I didn't have much of a choice but to be a Braves fan. It was on every night, and we, you know, during the week, uh, you watched every game and rubbed off on me and. As a kid, you don't really understand what's going on in the game. You're not you don't know the game yet, but you're just watching these these people that you're sort of idolizing. And, you know, for some reason, I found that the most what makes players unique and the way they express themselves is in their in the batter's box. And you know, you see it in the flashy batting gloves they use and the flashy cleats and all that stuff but what I noticed is that when they're in the batter's box they each had their own routine they each uh waggled the bat a certain way and their legs were in a certain stance and I just couldn't help but notice it and I think I just as any kid would do when they see their hero swing a bat I started swinging a bat and next thing you know I'm figuring out by looking at myself in the mirror that I can I can mimic their batting stances and I think you caught on to that one night and you had me do it from for a bunch of your friends with a I think it was a you broom.
1: yeah, you were very good at it, I mean, you would take a broom and stand in our den, and we would you would mimic like Terry Pendleton and you would people would scream Terry Pendleton or they'd you'd take another stance, they'd say chipper Jones Fred McGriff, I mean you were putting on a show and you know you were like six years old it it was it was amazing it's
2: my kids i mean I'm th- I've got. A 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 5-year-old, and a 3-year-old. And I think about my 5-year-old being around the age I started doing that. And it's kind of hard to believe, really looking back on it, being that little, looking at Lincoln, yeah. thinking I'm that size doing that batting stance stuff. was.
1: I remember Mr. Dixie Harold next door. You would go over there and put on his hat and his pipe and his boots, and you'd be looking like him and talking like him.
2: The, the kids the other day were watching uh, Dennis the Menace and and that relationship between Dennis and that old, gr- old grumpy grandpa and how he go over there and mess with his medicine cabinet and do all that stuff. And Mama was telling the kids how I was just like Dennis as a kid. And she'd come home from school, and I'd already be over there in Mr. Dixie's bedroom. And they had a door that you could go to his bedroom from outside the house. And I wouldn't even enter the front door of the house. I'd go straight to his door. I'd go in there and he'd be in the bathroom or something, come out and I'd be sitting in his chair with his boots on one of his pipes in my mouth and his, and his, his uh, fedora hat.
1: He loved it. There's no doubt about that. The other thing I remember is you go into our little diner, the dealer burger as a little kid. And you would walk by and shake everybody's hands that were sitting at the table and speak to them. Like you were some kind of uh, politician.
2: I have no recollection of that for some reason. I don't know why, but that must have been right before I started being able to remember what I was doing. Cause I don't remember. I don't remember doing. That.
1: Well, you did it and people noticed it. People commented to me about it and uh, you sure did it. The other thing that you, somewhere you started creating all these characters and you've got Dora Lee Gaifers and the old man. And I don't even know the names of these people. How did you start doing that? Are you able to do those on the spur of the moment?
3: Well, it's just you just sometimes you you, if you get in a particular mood where everything's just bothering you and getting you all flustered and you just kind of go in that frame of mind where you just view the world as this old flustered kind of heavy set lady with a sweat mustache and she just gets to has get that sweat on the back of her neck and you can see the, the hair on the back of her neck's wet because she just always flustered and I just get in that mood and that's just how I view the world when I'm in that character. And once I get in it's really hard to get out. And her name's Dora her name is Dora Lee Gaithers. And I don't know where I got that name but I just it just fits and it has worked and everybody knows who Dora Lee is on the internet. They love getting on the World Wide Web and searching. They put me on my grandkids put me on that, they have put that phone, you know, up to my face. And they, they, you know, that's what we do in today's age. And I don't agree with it, but everybody's just talking to people on these tablets. And I don't know where it came, where the just old fashioned fellowship went, but it ain't here anymore. And it, it really is upsetting seeing these children looking at these tablets all day. But they put that tablet in my face and tell me to talk and all. My fans just love to hear Dor Lee.
1: When you get into that character, your whole mindset changes. You start thinking like that character. You're just not talking to like them, right? And you uh I know you got other people like Medea, you do very well.
3: Yeah, Medea's just she just got a lot of attitude. She needs she really on any any given occasion, she just needs adjustment just any given day that's how she is because she's always mad but sometimes she can be real happy it just depends on how her baby going and and just
2: depends on who she talking to who she communicating with that's just how she is yeah that that's a that's a character kind of came from growing up where i came from man i had my our house as you remember with jesse may was was our live in second mama for our, for our, your kids. And, and she bathed me and put me to bed, fed me. And, and she was not quite that uh, enunciated, I would say, or exaggerated, but a version of her and just other people I was around as a kid uh, at school and that kind of thing, that, that character is probably my easiest and believe it or not, probably my favorite one to do just because it's, it's so natural. It's more natural than any, me talking regular, to be honest with you. and I mean, I think just, it just, has a lot to do with my upbringing. Well, I got this guy, right? His name's Mr. Stunning. He's very full of himself, and uh, he thinks he's really good with the ladies. And so people, you know, he can be kind of obnoxious, you know, right? I have some friends, that their wives, you know, they tell me they roll their eyes, and they don't like to hear the guy because he's real conceited. But the guy, the fellas, let me tell you, they love it. All right? They really (laughs) do. That's Mr. Stunning. He's a New Yorker.
1: How about the politicians like Trump and Obama? Can you do those off the top of your head?
2: Not really, honestly, I'm I'm awful at doing them on the spur of the moment. I have to, you know, impressions are 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 hard to do. They they're you gotta perfect them. And if you're not doing them all the time, it's really hard. But you know, you you can, you know, we're going to make America great again. All right. That I can tell you. We're gonna win a trade, we're gonna build a wall so great. And, you know, you get in that, you can do it every now and then once, but good afternoon, my fellow Americans, Here's your president, Osama bin Laden, we're coming after you. You know, certain people you can jump into, but a lot of them are like Chris Rock and all that stuff. I have to kind of practice it and I'm working on a Morgan Freeman right now. I'm trying to perfect.
1: Yeah. You sent me that today. How about you double talking? How'd you start that? Did you, you start it by watching Mr. Double talk?
2: Yeah, Derwood Fincher, is a, he is really a, a legend in my book. A lot of people know about him, and it's funny, as a lot of people don't. He's just a – but he's traveled the world. He's been on major television shows. and um, But when I tell people about Mr. Double Talk, you know, some of them recognize him, some of them don't. But he's, he's just uh, – that guy, I, I think you showed it to me when I was younger, him interviewing Braves players, and I just was enamored by – because when you have that, where you call, where the mic is, where you put that stuff in somebody's mouth bars, you got to make sure they have that set. And when they do that, they have to make sure that's calls you never bring them down. It's always going to be something they do, whether you like it or not. I mean, they're going to do it. But have you had it? That's a question, Daddy. Have you had that? No. <laughs> but that, that's double talking. So you you, you kind of just say a few words to anchor people, and then you talk gibberish, and then you you try to end certain things with a question to catch them off guard, not. That's one of my favorites. I do it all day long without even recording. I mean, I'm double-talking people.
1: Yeah, you sent me one the other day where you were talking to this lady in gibberish for five or six minutes. She was answering every question just like she understood every word you were saying. It beat everything I ever saw.
2: I hope her employer sees it because that is about as good as customer service you can get. That lady talked to me for 10 minutes. I didn't say one word in English the whole time. I don't know how she did it. It was impressive.
1: How about you pranking people in uh pranking people in public and making prank calls did you get motivation for that from jack Vale you know
2: jack not not really on the prank call thing he i'm I was i he inspired me to get out and get out in public and and film myself and that's a hard to do because you got to have somebody to video you and it's harder you know pull the arm of a buddy I, it's funny one of the most common things I get on my videos on the internet is fans whatever you want to call them they you know the people that follow my stuff they They put comments and just ask what city, are you ever in this city? I would love to film you. I'd love to, you know, so I have plenty of people that want to film me, but my own friends tend to, it's kind of hard to get them to come out and video from it. They have to, you know, they all got kids and they got to get free.
1: That's a question everybody wants to know. How do you video it? I mean, you do a phenomenal job hiding that camera and video it with people who don't even know they're being videoed. How do you even go about that? You even zoom pictures and it's incredible.
2: That is a common question. A lot of people think it's glasses and I do have a pair of glasses with built in lenses, but I don't use them. I'm fixing to get a a new pair, but they, yeah, I use my phone. I got two phones and I have a smaller phone that that, that's hard to see in my hand. And I just kind of, a lot of times I just kind of lazily kind of hold it. Um, I'll prop my elbow on my knee. If I'm driving and pull up somebody, I'm just kind of lazily hold it in my hand. And then as long as I get them on, on the frame of the camera, I can, And when I edit it, I can straighten it up and zoom in on them if I need to and that kind of thing. But I've got, it's a, it's, it really is kind of a, I guess, kind of an art form. How sneaky I am with that thing.
1: It's amazing. It really is what you do with the camera and all the carrying on you doing, and nobody even knows you have the camera with you is, is crazy so the other question i know people want to know is do you get people to get upset with you when you prank them or you video on them and
2: you know i've and i'm not exaggerating when i say this of all the videos and i've done hundreds and hundreds of videos online um i've only had one time and the person wasn't upset i just i was in macon my hometown so it's kind of hard to do things around macon now um I have to when I'm out of town. I'm better luck. I run into people, but and I was just making. I pulled up the lady and I started double talking. Not her, but the um, the the bag boy that was putting bags in her trunk. And I was talking to him. Well, she looks over at me and she says, "Are you Luke Goddard?" And I said, "Yes, ma'am." And she goes, "Please don't put this on the internet." And so she didn't want to be filmed because she it was the middle of the day and I think she didn't have her makeup on and that kind of thing. So. I did post the video I just blurred her face out because I thought the reaction between me and the other guy was was great and that guy's a favorite of mine he's he's a real funny character at at the Publix and making, and I just like talking to him so I kept the video up but I I blurred her face out of respect for her but that's the only time I've ever had anybody do that most people um, I tell them too after I, I do it I have time I show them the video sometimes and or tell them about my TikTok or Instagram account and they they're happy to just to be a part of it. I mean, I don't ever deal with anybody getting upset, but I try not to also do provoking stuff that would that would make people get angry. It's all usually just in fun and that kind of thing. Today I did a new I don't want that video and I haven't posted it yet, but it's one of my favorites because the the it was a fella and I didn't realize he had a lens on the uh on the mic on the intercom. And so I'm sitting there talking like Dora Lee wearing my sunglasses and looking like I do. Normal and so I had to stay in character. I had no choice, so I pulled up to the window to pay for my food, and I was just talking like Dory Lee the whole time. And he kept giggling. He was like, "Man, this guy really talks like this." <laughs> and at the very end, I said, "At the very end, I said, I appreciate the food, man." He went, "Golly!" He was like, "I was like, what in the world is this man talking like this for?"
1: So I know another question people want to know about you is what you do for a living. Obviously, you've got a day job. I know some people wonder: Do you just play around and be funny uh, all the day? I know that's not true. So, why don't you talk a little bit about what you do to to provide for your family?
2: Yeah. So I, I'm I work in the restoration industry. We after someone has a traumatic event in, in the form of a house fire or or a flood or a a lot of mold damage or whatever in their house our company goes in and packs out the textiles anything made of fabric and and the electronics and we restore them and and the you know insurance company pays us and we we take it back to their home and put it back in their home like it like the disaster never happened and I've been with them for this will be my 11th year with them so yeah they they we we cover um six five and a half states basically and I'm their vice president of um sales and operations. I'll report to the owners. But it's a great company, great people, and I've enjoyed it.
1: Do they mind you doing all the crazy stuff and cutting up that you do?
2: When I first took the job, um, my owners um he had a birthday about three months, two or three months into my job, and they didn't even know me at the time and hardly. And I called him and left him a voicemail as my my I was like, "Hey Brian, how you doing, baby? This is LaKeisha." And I just left him a voicemail like that talking for about 3 minutes and he said he was in tears. He had no idea that that he had an employee that that could do stuff like that. And so, I think from the get-go they kind of knew my personality and they've been they've been very supportive. I mean, to the point that they've they've encouraged me to pursue um, commercial opportunities come my way and stuff. They've been very very supportive in the whole process and, you know, I I obviously appreciate that.
1: Well, I'm sure it has not hurt their business and uh, people like to laugh. So that's good. Yeah. So where did the, I don't want that thing start. I know that put you on the map pretty quick.
2: Right. Yeah. That, that definitely, that was my big, after the first, I guess, viral video was the marriage proposal video. And I know we'll probably get to that, but the, really the, I don't want that thing was the first thing that kind of took off and it it did on Instagram. And then of course when TikTok came out for, I didn't even know what TikTok was. And I had friends that were telling me to, you know, I had hundreds of videos on Instagram and they were like, Luke, your content is perfect for TikTok. Just start loading that content in and, and just seeing what happens. And, and sure enough, it is like a wildfire took off. And that's where I don't want that really blew up was from TikTok. And it's just a phrase I use in, in a drop through video and I turn into Lee Gaithers and she's just her character is that she, she, no matter what you do, Trust me, she will find something wrong with it. She's she's just a nitpicking, flustered older lady who you just can't please no matter how hard you try. And she she loves to tell people what she don't doesn't want. You know, that's her favorite thing to do, is 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 to remind you that she doesn't want it. And I don't want that. And it came, it just kind of came out of nowhere. I was, I was, I didn't plan it. And a lot of my stuff, it just comes, I, I don't do any pre-planning for any videos I do in public, any kind of comedy, even if I'm just doing a skit or uh, of whatever, I, I'll throw the camera up and I just start, it's almost like a mirror to me. Like as a kid that I did in the bathroom, I just start looking at the camera and I see myself and I start talking and I just, I never plan it. And I don't want that was just like that. I was, I remember it cause I knew I was onto something and I wasn't even trying. I, I came home from, I was in Noonan, Georgia that day, came home, got into Macon, went to Chick-fil-A to get one of those lemon, the lemon milkshake. And um, I went in to order it and, she asked me if I wanted whipped cream or something like that. And I can't remember. And, and I just was I was just in a, I was tired that week and I just gotten these crazy glasses that I now wear for every video I do for, I don't want that. And I was putting them on looking at myself in the mirror and she offered that whipped cream or whatever it was. I just thought I just went, I don't want that. And when I did that, I went, Oh my gosh. And I happened to be video. And I was like, and her reaction was good. So I just threw it on there as like a little ten second video on Instagram and it just everybody just went nuts when I did it. So I just I figured I had to, so I started doing longer ones and you know the rest is kinda what it is.
1: So one of the things we kinda hit on the end of the previous episode that there obviously is another side to you. Obviously I know it. I'm your dad and some people just see you as somebody that's carrying on foolishness all the time. But uh there was a video you posted of uh you picking up a man that was walking down the road that had only one leg and that video went viral and you kind of made him famous and it was very touching story that uh, a lot of people appreciated why don't you tell us a little bit about that day and what was happening and how that came about
2: yeah i i I remember that too It, it was nathaniel harris was his name um I was driving back from Columbus or Pine Mountain and uh, going back to Macon on those back roads. And right outside of Thomaston, I saw this older black man walking with a crutch and I noticed that he had his, his pants tied in a knot like a pirate. But anyway, he, he, I, I was like, man, this is, this has gotta be tough for this guy. And I mean, I don't know. I, I just I just pulled to the side and asked him if he needed a ride. He was on a stretch where I knew he wasn't going to be near anything for a while, like he was hitting a, a dead highway. And um, he said he did, and so I told him to hop in. And then as I got to talking to him, I thought, man, I need to video this. This guy's interesting. So I threw the camera up and I said, you don't mind if I video this? And he never even looked at the camera. I not think he knew. A, I don't even think he knew where he was. It felt like at the time he was definitely. Tired for sure. So but I, I the part that didn't make the video, and yeah, that video went viral and, and ended up a neat story behind it is his family started seeing it, you know, cousins from all over that know granddaddy Nathaniel or Uncle Nathaniel and all this great uncle and you know people from all over, from Cleveland. He had family everywhere. And they hadn't seen him in years and years and years. And they were just so happy to see him. And then you had people starting GoFundMe pages, wanting to give him money. And, and as we're really, as I saw that happening, I, I, I tried to put something together and, and get it all together and go find him and because I don't have his address. He lived in a shack. And, um, and by the time I got you know, some stuff together, I, his cousin wrote me and said that he had passed away. So um, he was 82 years old and he walked 11 miles to the nearest grocery where he would get his milk and liquor and whatever else and he would walk with that stuff in his hands with one leg 11 miles um so he he was you know it was just insane to think about it and he lost his leg on a train track he was riding a train and he got under it and it cut his leg off so but yeah he's he was a nice guy and
1: why don't we stop and just play uh, that little clip of that audio of you talking to him in the truck? Hey,
3: bro, you need a ride? Yeah. Come on. What's your name? Nathaniel. My name's Luke. How'd you lose your leg? Train. What happened? I flipped down on the rail. you go. Man alive. Yeah. Uh, How old are you? I'm uh, eighty-one. Eighty-one with one leg walking down the highway. Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: Nathaniel, I'm glad I met you, man.
3: Yeah,
2: great man. Man, you got one leg and you're 81, and still making it. That's pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah,
3: that you, Lord, little being
2: You got a good perspective, man. Yeah. God bless you, brother.
3: Yeah, isn't it amazing how a man can find himself alone? Wow. Mm.
2: 81 years old, walking down the highway with one leg. How bad do you got it today?
1: I don't have it that bad. Yeah. One thing's for sure, life is uh can be very difficult. It can be very difficult for people, it could be very very difficult for us. Uh it's uh this life's not perfect and uh that story is certainly very touching.
2: It's not you're right. It's not always perfect for me, especially It's not always perfect for me when I'm lending the hand to people like that. Yesterday I saw this guy and I don't stop at every, you know, panhandler or anything, but you know, if something's really obvious, like the guy walking with one leg for 11 miles, you know, I want to lend the guy a hand. But the other day I was coming out of a gas station. It was one of those loves gas stations where it takes a minute to get out the parking lot you got a little road before you get to the main drag there. And it was a man sitting up there and he looked like, honestly, he looked a little bit like a Hispanic Jesus. He was sitting there in a chair and he had long hair and a long beard. And his sign was, I couldn't read his sign good. And I rolled the window down and I said, I said, uh, sir, can I help you with anything? Do you need something? Do you need a ride? He kind of nodded his head. I said, you do? You need a ride? And he nodded his head. I said, sir, do you, do you, you want to get in the car and go, you need a ride to go somewhere? And all I heard was, yes. And I said, oh boy. And so I said, do you want to get in the car and me drive you somewhere? And he said, Cincinnati. And I went, oh, I can't do that, I'm sorry. I hope you have a good new year.
1: Yes. We played a clip of your wedding proposal video that went viral on the previous episode. But we, what we did not talk about was that you and Drew, uh, before you got married, went to Nashville and actually cut an album in a studio in Nashville of the songs on it you guys wrote
2: we did yeah we we were man we were really riding that wave from that youtube video for sure i think we're trying to see what it would do and yeah we 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 wrote (laughs) it's funny because i think we wrote those songs in like four days and it probably showed for it i think we only had four or five chords on the whole album but yeah we we and I had buddies in the music industry, and so we went to Nashville and recorded it. And he wrote a song for the album, and 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 so that's the one track that I that I didn't, me and Drew didn't write, but and I think it was ended up being the best track on the album. god <laughs> but, no, but we had a good. It was fun to do it. And I'm not a singer, and neither is Drew, but we both like to play music and um, play with it. And we just kind of did something, and and our kids love it. So I guess that. No.
1: Yeah, I remember y'all had a couple of live performances, or two or three, and you drew a crowd, and uh, you guys had a lot of fun with that. Uh, why don't we, uh, we're going to bring Drew on, but before we do that, let's let's play a little bit of one of the songs on that album.
3: And I don't need a perfect wife, and you don't need a perfect man We'll walk tall through this troubled world and make our love stand And when things get tough I'll hold you And when things get rough You'll hold me too
1: Yeah, that was pretty good music, and that uh, CD played in our car all the time, and Taylor, our oldest granddaughter, knew every word to every song, as did Kathy and I, and uh, that was was pretty good stuff. Uh, Drew, uh, how in the world did Luke talk you into going to Nashville and make an album? That had to be out of your comfort zone a little bit.
0: He definitely talked me into it. He can be pretty persuasive.
1: It had to be a pretty crazy trip. You guys were not married, and you struck out to Nashville to go make an album and get into the music business up there. That had to be something
2: else. Proud of about that trip though What's is uh, is Drew slept on a, uh, a air mattress and I slept on the couch. I can't believe it. We really did that, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we didn't even sleep in the same bed. And we were engaged. We were really trying to do that part the right the right
1: way. Uh, I'm glad so drew i've got two big questions for you and i'm gonna ask this one first but uh i know that luke's mr funny guy but he's not that like that all the time he's also got a family at home but everybody wants to know what is it like being married to luke that that has to be a question people want to know
0: okay i mean he definitely keeps things interesting and i've remember telling him when we first started dating if we ever broke up I would be bored to tears with anybody else (laughs) because it's never a dull moment but he's not I mean he's not like he is on the internet all the time he's a very devoted husband and father and um he's a lot of fun
2: she left out one part though. you didn't tell him that about how I look like Brad Pitt and George Clooney and all (laughs) that
1: so drew has an instagram page that has a very large following uh it's called the light homestead Uh, you can find it on instagram and she's an extremely talented decorator and uh i mean from making cakes to interior decorating and she she shows that on that page and has a lot of followers what you also need to know drew is the daughter of a pastor and uh her, his, her mother homeschooled her and her brother. And then uh, Drew had a full academic scholarship to Wesleyan College after being homeschooled and graduated magna cum laude. And she has a degree in education and also a degree in music. Right, Drew?
0: Yeah, I minored in music and piano performance. Yeah.
1: So this brings up the next question, Drew, besides what is it like being married to Luke? The question is, how in the world do you do what you do every day? You've got uh, four kids that you're homeschooling. Uh, you got a husband. You got a house. You're feeding kids. You're keeping house. You're doing all the stuff you do. Uh, how in the world do you do it? How do you stay so organized? Uh, I, I know you're doing an incredible job teaching the kids. They are they are far advanced. And uh, how do you even do all that?
0: I don't know. <laughs> just one day at a time, I guess. I don't think I do any of it perfectly, but I just put my best foot forward and ask the Lord to help make up the rest.
1: You're amazing and you're doing something right. I guarantee you that. You can follow her again on The Light Homestead. Uh, she inspires a lot of people. Uh, Drew, there's an audio or video that I've got an audio clip I want to play of Luke catcalling you uh, at Target. And that went viral. Uh, it's very funny. Block,
3: Woo! who's that girl? Good night, she's good looking. Oh my gosh. Can you get in my car? Can I take you home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on mama, come get in my car woo Oh, man. I ain't buying all that, though. You buying that. You already did. Oh, I did?
1: So, Drew, how did you handle that? Did you hit him over the head or what? I know I've seen you in some of the videos looking down and looking the other way while he's talking to somebody through the intercom, but uh, I would love to know uh, how that went uh, after that video went viral. Everybody was looking at you in that parking lot. That's for sure.
0: Yes. For every ounce of um gumption that Luke has, I have the same amount of shyness. So, think <laughs> like, it's a perfect balance. But, yeah, I was very embarrassed. And I was also laughing. But I wanted everyone to, like, not to know that I was really my husband. It wasn't some random
2: Well, person. and she ended up getting in the car with me. I bet they were hoping that I was your husband. Yeah, it's funny. I I don't even own the rights to that video anymore. I, somebody picked it up, and it's they've sold it to a million different people since then. But so I, I think the second time I started doing that to Drew, I think she started catching on. I think she felt like I was pimping her out a little bit for for money.
1: <laughs> so guys, I know uh, your faith is very important uh, to both of you. And I would really like you to talk about that a little bit. I know you're very active in your church. Uh, your your life centers around your love for God and, and your faith. And I know people would like to hear about that.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, my faith is, it is my whole life. It affects everything that I do and my choices with how we raise our kids and um, the things that we teach them. And so just, I feel really blessed to be able to stay home with them and to homeschool them and be able to kind of guide their hearts towards the Lord, um, every day.
1: And Luke, I know your faith is a huge part of who you are. Uh, uh you certainly don't back down from, uh, your expression of your faith
2: it is important to me. I mean, to me, it's, it started at a very young age, um, growing in the house, growing up in the house that you and mama, uh, put there. And, you know, Jesse May was a big part of that. I mean, you know, when it thundered, Miss Jesse May would, would tell us all to sit down and be quiet because it was the Lord speaking to us. And so I, at a young age, I just kind of had that. And so, I mean, I, I've carried that with me my whole life. I mean, I get a stomach ache, I pray about it, you know, it's just the natural thing. And I think it just came from my upbringing but yeah it's important and as i tell you it's something being drew's husband watching her do what she does every day with those kids is is amazing i mean they they truly um is is you just don't see kids at that age taking that kind of stuff as seriously as they do and and as well mannered as they are and well spoken as they are it all comes from drew's training there's no question about it and i'm i'm very thankful that we're able to do that you know not everybody is and i'm, I'm very grateful for that
1: you mentioned your kids why don't you talk about them a minute
2: yeah they're drew's we it's funny because i think we both have almost slightly different takes on them but a lot of Mm. similar stuff but they're i mean we see ourselves in each of them which has been the most thrilling part of being a dad for me is just seeing something here and there that I, that I see Drew all over, you know, certain smiles Hines will do. I just see his mama and Lennox, her little quirks that she has is just 100% takes after me. And, you know, you just see a little bit in all of them. It's it's, it's really neat.
0: Yeah. We have Lennox is 10 Yeah, and she's our little ballerina and she's um, really into dance and art. And then Hines is eight and he, He's like my little builder. He likes to be ingenuitive. He's the
2: brains. He's he's smarter than me, 100%, and he's eight. So Yeah, he's he's...
0: very, very smart, and he likes to build and design. And then Lincoln's five, and he loves his Nintendo Switch. (laughs) I won't let him be on YouTube, but he wants, that's his dream, is to be a gamer YouTuber. (laughs) (laughs) And then Naya's three, and she is our little Spitfire firecracker. (laughs)
2: we heard naya the other day she had her mama's phone or maybe a play phone and we heard her on the other end of the house she said hey guys this is naya may please like follow and subscribe and keep up with me on my youtube channel like what is going on what is she doing up there so they they but we're yeah drew's very protective on making that a, a thing right now we're trying to avoid that as long as we
1: can i think right yes yeah hines is also into baseball obviously and i got a little audio clip that uh you can see kind of a daddy screaming for his little boy at a baseball game.
0: Look
3: at my boy right there!
1: Look at my boy!
3: Let's go, Heinz! Come on, come on, yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on, Yeah! a baby, eyes. Come on, run on once, run on once, yeah, 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 had a baby
1: So, Drew, what's the best part of being married to Luke?
0: Mm, I would say that my favorite thing about luke is that what you see is what you get with luke he doesn't he's never fake he's never like you just always know how he feels about things and where he stands with things and there's no guesswork he's not complicated he's just what you see is what you get and i've come to really appreciate that
1: okay luke what about drew
2: Mm. man i don't even i can't even it's hard to put it in words she's She's, she's by everything. Has no doubt about that. I love her a lot. She makes, yeah, I I have a real soft spot in my heart for Drew. She's, she balances me out, keeps me, keeps me sane. And, you know, I'm a little crazy. I know that I'm, but that can, sometimes you can be on, you can be crazy and, and (laughs) one moment happy and one moment sad. She's just a big balancing act for me. She's a, she's. She's everything she has no doubt about it. I'm very blessed
1: so what does the future look like? Uh, how do you see yourself in, in ten years Well
2: I'm gonna be bald as a baby's butt i'm mean, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, i got a I've, I'm a proud um sponsor of the uh what's the stuff called that I put on my head
0: I, don't I ain't
2: ashamed of it start. at all. It gave me a whole new level of confidence I don't know if I needed it, but i you know <laughs> I, I was introduced to this kind of head powder stuff and I powder it on my bald spot and I go out about my day, man. So in 10 years, I'll be much more balder. I think I'll be white headed like you and my brother. Um, and I will most certainly have a beard to offset that bald head that I'm probably gonna have. So I think I got it from Uncle George, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> well,
0: um, Lord willing, we'll have a house full of well-rounded, well-adjusted teenagers. Gosh. I hope. And,
1: um, Linux will be 20 in 10 years. I
0: know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Guys, I know I don't have to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, your kids are the most important investment you've got. Uh, yeah, you got to make a living. You got to make money. All those things are important and, uh, certainly not discount any of it, but the greatest gift you have been given are your kids. And the greatest investment you can make in life is to keep investing in those kids. You guys are doing a great job at it. You're setting an example for a lot of people. You've been given a stage to set an example for a lot of people. And uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Those are dividends that will pay off. They're going to pay off for your kids. They're going to pay off for you one day. Luke, you have are causing a lot of people to laugh at a time that it has been desperately needed and that is a gift God's given you. Drew, your talents are absolutely amazing. I, there's no telling what you could be doing if you were getting paid for the stuff that you've got talent to do, but you're still doing the most important stuff in raising your kids, and uh, I just uh, tell you, I'm proud of you. I love y'all very much. There's a video Luke posted a few months ago, and it got my attention. there. uh, luke's in the kitchen he's holding a butter knife or something and he's singing to drew and he's trying to get her to dance she's decorating a cake and she stops every now and then dances with him you could tell that's not what she wants to be doing but it just kind of sums up your relationship i thought it's kind of neat thank you for having us on
0: thank you someday
1: when i'm awfully low When the world is cold I will feel the
3: glow Just thinking of you
1: And the way you look
3: tonight
1: Here we go Yes, you're lovely With your
3: smile so warm And your cheeks so soft There is nothing for me But to love you Viewing
0: life from a hearse It could be worse Laugh, think, and cry
1: With the country undertaker